Good morning. Good morning. Where uh, my wife wanted to do a family trip to Essex. Um, if you've never been there, it's one of those cute little New England towns right here in Connecticut. But I guess they put out scarecrows on Main Street. So this is the second year we try to go over there and just kind of walk around town and uh, get an ice cream or something. Uh, it was a really nice day. And so um, against my wishes, I was outnumbered four to one. We brought my dog as well. If you know anything about me, I don't like my dog. I don't even like taking my dog on a walk around my development. But I've given into that, and now I'm going to Main Street, where I know there's just everyone there. And you know, people are funny with dogs. You know, some people get scared of them. Some people go up and start kissing and hugging them, and don't even talk to you. Uh, and, you know, there's just a lot there. So uh, I, I was I was the one in control of the dog. And there was a point where now, you know, as I'm controlling my dog, which first of all, she was perfect. I mean, I say that like, you know, she had a problem. She was perfect. But um, at one point, I had to go maybe get ice cream because that was calling me too. So I remember specifically handing the leash over to Mariana and saying, I am now giving you the dog. She's like, great. And I'm like, no, see? No, let me let me explain again what I mean by that. I'm entrusting this dog to you. You know, full trust that you'll take care of my dog. Now, where am I going with this? Today, we're talking about commendation. And I got to tell you that that's basically what the word means. Commendation means to hand over, to commit into the care of, to entrust to God. So, um you know, I was entrusting Stella to Mariana. When we talk about language here, like our commended workers, um, he's a commended worker, she's a full-time uh, commended worker, we're talking about that they were entrusted into the care of God and that there was a church behind them saying, you're about to go do a work. And so we're going to explain what that means today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much. Um, that you are, um, you, you have done, still do, and continue to do marvelous works. And so, Lord, if we could just talk about all that you have done, we would, uh, it will take an eternity to do it. And so, we thank you so much that heaven lasts forever, that we might get to know you. It will take so long to get to know you, that we might hear of your wondrous works. It will take forever to hear of the expanse of all the good you have done and are. And so, Lord, thank you for letting us scratch the surface. We pray that you would um, just bless us with just a little more insight of just the beauty of your character, a little more insight of just how wonderful you really are. Words cannot express, and yet we know that we have barely scratched the surface. And so, Lord, during this time, we pray that you would be honored and glorified. Again, during this series, Lord, we pray that we would be unified and like-minded in you here at Brantford Bible Chapel, and that uh, if there's confusion, that uh, those questions will be asked, and that um, your Spirit will guide that things would be clear, and that obviously, Lord, that we would be biblical, that we would be um, basing these things on uh, your Word, <clears throat> and if there's traditions, that we would uh, state that clearly. And so... We thank you for uh, going through this process with us, that you actually enjoy 
uh, your body uh, growing in the grace and knowledge of who you are. And so be honored and glorified above all. In your name, amen. amen. All right, so what is commendation? What is commendation? If you read the word commend or commendation in the Bible, first off, you have to know there's two uh, different Greek words there. And they are different. And so in Romans 16.1, I think it says, we'd like to commend our sister Phoebe. Okay? To that definition of commend is really to recommend someone. Like, hey, we want to recommend Phoebe as a good sister or something like that. What we're looking at is actually found in Acts 14, and it is not the same word. Although in the English, we, most translations would translate them both as being commend. I just want to let you know off the top, whenever you read commend, there in the New Testament, uh, you have to know which word they're talking about. Okay, which one they're talking about. So, let's turn to Acts chapter 14. We'll start in verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. After they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. There they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God has done with them, and they had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Okay, here's your example in the account of the Bible of someone who is a commended worker. So I might repeat some of the things, just so we're on the same page, so everyone knows what I mean by commended worker. Here at Brantford Bible Chapel, we would have Ken Hardesty. He is one of our commended workers, okay? He is uh, a part of this fellowship. Um, you don't see him here a lot on Sundays because he's speaking in other places, but this is his local church. This is where he kind of comes from, okay? And so that's what we're talking about, those who um, have been kind of sent out to do a work from their local church, okay? So... I want to talk a little bit more before we get into this example about just other places you might see this word commended in the New Testament. Turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. But he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with a few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, that word is commended, or the same word here in Acts, to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. Okay, so right off the bat, just from this little example, the idea of entrusting someone to the Lord or committing them to a work, there's something here about what have you done with what's already been committed to you. That's kind of like a foundation of being commended. Okay, is starting out, have you been faithful 
with what's already been given to you, and now the Lord can expand and give you more things that you might be responsible for before the Lord. Okay, so I was just talking to my uh, friend uh, Matt Kowal and his brother Steve. Steve's spoken here before, and this is we, we've seen these examples in life all the time. Uh, Matt Kowal worked for a company I think it's called Furion or something construction in Southington. When he was 13 years old, his best friend's father owned the company. So Matt got his first job and has been with the company ever since. Now, when he was 13, he wasn't the one in charge of, you know, constructing buildings. Well, when he was 13, basically, they'd go in and, like, remodel a kitchen. And Matt and his best friend would go rip off, you know, the counter. They would do the dummy work, the demo work. That's the level I'm still in at all the house projects I do, you know, and then I call the professionals in to do the real stuff, okay? But the point is he started out doing a little bit, and then he got entrusted more. He actually worked with them throughout high school. Then he got to operate some of the machinery, right, and they trained him how to do that. Right now, Matt Kowal, he's he's amazing. He can actually almost do any kind of construction thing out there, Um, and the company trusts him that over the years they've given him more and more and more, and he has been found faithful what he's been given. And so there's a lot of examples of like that stuff in life, right? Well, why do I say that? Well, there's sometimes in Christianity where people feel like they want to serve the Lord or even get a calling, and they just want to jump right in, like right into the deep end. It's not the biblical pattern you see. You see that God will allow us to be faithful in little things and then expand. So say, for instance, you felt God calling you to do a full-time work working with children. You just say, hey, you know, you go to the elders and you say, I really feel like, you know, I need to work with youth on a full-time basis. God has put this on my heart. And yet, you've never done VBS. You've never done Sunday school. You haven't done any camping ministry. You haven't done any, you haven't done any of that. But you have this calling. That's not the way it works. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, the elders will sit there and say, really? Okay, great start. You feel like you have a calling? Why don't you go do Sunday school? Go work with the youth group or camping ministry. If you want to find, if you, if you have a calling to youth ministry, spend one week at a Christian camp. You'll know clearly by the Lord at that Saturday whether or not you should feel called to youth ministry. All right. So this is kind of the pattern of the way some of these things work. So let's look at here in Acts chapter 14, what was happening. Turn back a little bit to Acts chapter 13. In Acts chapter 13, in verse 1, it says this, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod, the patriarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Okay. So basically, when it comes over here to chapter 14, where it says in verse um, 26, from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they completed. That's what they're talking about. Um, they're referring back to chapter 13. 
So look at the what's happening there. Okay, you have five guys, right? Barnabas, Simeon, um, Lucius, uh, Manian, um, and Saul, and they're all doing a work. It says they're actually ministering to the Lord in verse two. So they are already found doing ministry as unto the Lord. And then the Holy Spirit gets a hold of them and says, listen, I need two of these guys to go do work in a different way. And so uh, they get sent out on a missionary journey. So let's look what they did here in Acts chapter 14. One, they did an amazing uh, work. Okay, they preached the gospel First to the Jews, you'll find that all in chapter 13. They get rejected and they go to the Gentiles, okay? This is over two years of basically doing church plants, spreading the gospel, sharing the gospel. People get saved, discipling them, and then doing church plants, okay? Not that every commanded worker needs to do this work, but I just want to show you what the work that they are doing um, looks like okay so it seems like they're going around from town to town you can read this later in acts i think it's chapter 50 when they say let's go back to the places where people got saved and let's kind of basically check in why am i saying all that because if they're in antioch and now they're ministering to the lord there and they want to move out and kind of start church plants and share the gospel they really can't do that if they stay in antioch right And so there's a work to be done in Antioch. Is that why God kept the other three guys there? I would think so. I can't be dogmatic about that. But I would think that's why they stay. And there's also work to be done in other places. And so God chooses these two to sit there and say, hey, I would like you for two years of your life to go out there and do this work of spreading the gospel and church planning and things like that. And it looks like the Lord had blessed it. In fact, when you um, get to verse 26, it's pretty interesting where it says, From there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work which they had completed. So there is a clear-cut vision of what they wanted to do. They wanted to go make disciples, plant some churches. And here, it's actually interesting they have that word commended again in verse 23. They basically have enough people where they're coming together as a church and they're going to they're gonna basically take off now. So now there's enough saved people, they've discipled them, and they're saying, okay, let's kind of end this. Let's appoint elders so that now the elders can oversee the work that's going on here in this local church gathering, and we're going to kind of take off. That's what happens. That's why they get to sit there and say, basically, their work was done. They were commended from Antioch to go out, start church, places like that, and it got to the point where there was enough discipleship, enough people saved, that's going to appoint elders. Now we have some leadership involved in these assemblies, and then boom, the commended work is done for this area. This is what it looked like to be commended. Why do I say that? Because again, not too necessarily... Um, You just don't see this pattern a lot, really. You don't see this pattern a lot in other places sometimes in Christendom today. Okay? So these guys were found faithful, then they were sent out from their church, then they did a work. So, what was happening? First of all, there in Acts 13, how did they kind of get commended? As mentioned previously... They were already doing a work and being found faithful. Okay, Then they started to fast and pray 
in reaction to God's command. So there's time involved in that as well. They're sitting there doing a work, ministering. They see a need to go plant churches over here. Now they say, okay, let's fast about this. Let's pray about this. Let's see if the Spirit of the Lord can kind of make us all like-minded so that we're on there. Then they laid hands on them and sent them away. Okay? Basically, here's what it is when they laid hands on them. They're saying, listen, this is like a public sign that we're acknowledging that God has called these guys to a work and we're going to be behind it. Okay? So, the example here for Branford Bible Chapel, Tyler Vecchio went to Niger, right? And we brought him up, laid hands on him, and basically we we're telling the assembly he's going to go out from Branford Bible Chapel. We're recognizing that he's going to be used of God over there in Niger. We're going to be behind him and support him, and he's going to go do a work, and he's going to report back to us. That's the way the pattern looks and works. Okay? So, the interesting thing about all of this is verse 4 of Acts 13.4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought they were sent out from the other guys in Antioch. Well, who sent them to do the work? The Holy Spirit or the guys from Antioch? Well, it's a little play on, not a play on words, but you see where I'm going, right? That this was the Holy Spirit and these guys are submitting to what he's doing. So it's just, I love the way scripture is written, right? They're saying now, we're being sent out by the Holy Spirit. And everyone is agreeing to that. Okay? They entrusted them over to the Lord, getting behind them and supporting them. They're commending them, saying, we believe the Spirit of God is moving in this. We're behind them, and we're going to send these guys out as commended from Antioch to go do this work. And the Holy Spirit's the one that pushed this agenda forward. That's the pattern of how someone gets commended nowadays. Why do I say that? Well, you might hear words like ordination in other places. Okay? It's not a bad word. It's in the Bible. Um, some of the differences between maybe Branford and other places is who's doing the ordaining. That's really the question. Who's doing the ordaining? Is it God? Is it the Holy Spirit? Or is it, um, you know, you got to go through um, this degree or something like that in order to get ordained. So I just want to encourage us again at the beauty of the local church, that God has set it up to where people can become full-time workers and ministers under the Lord, but that's through their local church. It's not like, hey, I got this idea from God, and now let me just kind of go do it and get support from the back end. God is set up where your local church is the, is the one that supports you, the one that checks in with you. I always remember um, a guy, Bodie Bachman. He's a, a pretty uh, big-time preacher in uh, the Southern Baptist uh, denomination. I like some of the things he said. I don't know everything he said, so I'm sure there's some things we might disagree on, but I like Bodie. Um, one of his things against this was actually where he was trying to bring to light that many people seem to go into the ministry, sometimes out of college. And he goes, how can we allow that if they've never worked locally in the church they're about to serve in? That there has to be a time of testing. There has to be a time of, have you ever used your gifts? And then we can see if the Lord wants you to do 
this work. A priest could not really serve until they were 30 years old. Jesus Christ did not serve public ministry until he was 30 years old. These are not clear-cut, oh, you have to be 30 before you serve full-time, or you can't come out of college and serve the Lord right away. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying pattern of Scripture is that you are found faithful in what is given to you in your church that you're going to, and then God expands it. That's the pattern of commending someone. We do not think, hey, I, I got an idea, and I'm going to just go do this work without first off having the accountability of people in your life at your local church being able to share with you in this ministry to be able to make sure your heart's in the right spot for the ministry, etc., etc. Okay? All right. What happens if here at Brantford you want to be commended? What happens if you say, listen, I feel like I'm doing a work, I'm doing a ministry, and... My job, uh, I might not have time to do everything I want to do because of just normal employment. Okay? So what happens there practically? How did guys like Ken Hardesty get commended? How did Tyler get commended? Okay? So, this is uh, some of the things I was talking about. My brother and I were even talking yesterday. There's um, two ways this can happen on a very practical level. One, the person can just go up to the elders and say, look, I feel like I could be doing uh, more, that the Lord's trying to expand my ministries, so to speak, where I need more time. What do you guys think? And then the elders will pray with you. I will tell you right off the bat, some of their responses will be, let's see what you do here at Brantford. Does that make sense to everyone? They're not going to sit there and go, oh, you want to do this? Great. Go, you know, That's the whole point. And again, we said a hundred million times, that might be a little exaggeration, that if you want to do a ministry here at Brantford, please do it. Just check in with the elders so that they can support you and get behind you, not rule you and say, do it this way or do it that way. I mean, obviously there's you know wisdom from them, there's biblical foundations you got to go on, but you get impressed upon the Lord to do a work and you start it here, here at the local assembly. You join other things and you are part of the work, and then you use your gifts, and then you just let the Lord do his thing. And then as it grows, you start seeing there. Now, like I said, it's nice for you to go up to the elders. I also think there's just, if I'm honest, there's times where um, never the elders here. But in other assemblies I've even talked to, sometimes elders need to be more the ones, too, that are looking out going, hey, we see that you're doing this kind of work. Do you... And they approach the person. Have you ever thought about maybe doing this on a on a deeper level, a deeper level? So it's it's on both sides the way it practically works. Don't get hung up on uh, either one, but that's the way it works. All right. Again, let's talk real practical about commendation. Scripture would not teach that if you are a commended worker from an assembly, you have to give up all the secular work. It's not that at all. In fact, we know that Paul did a lot of work on his own, correct? However, there's also times where, obviously, um, you know, when Tyler went to Niger, well, for him to go over to a place he'd never been to share the gospel and then work a full-time job and try to figure all that out, we, we wanted him to have enough time to be with the people, get to know the culture, get to know the people so that you can make an impact. 
in that way, we said, we will make sure your needs are taken care of here at Brantford Bible Chapel. Okay, And so this is not a has to be one way or the other. I've heard of some uh, missionaries that go out and it's actually better for them to get a job in the local place where they are so that they, because without it, they can't really do the ministry they want to do. And then there's other ministries where they just don't have time to go work and do that ministry. And so this is that whole piece of your local assembly and your elders are meeting with you saying, okay, what are the needs? What do you want to do? How do you want to serve it? And, okay, I see the Lord bringing you to this point where you want to serve this way, and we'll get behind you financially because man's got to eat, and we believe that God's calling you to do this work. Commendation does not mean they get special authority. Okay? It's like, ooh, that's a commended worker, so they trump the elders. That's not how it is at all. In fact, the commended workers submit to the elders. If they were to have a boss, the Lord is the boss, but they do check in with the elders. They are The elders are the overseers of that worker. And so that's why we have those reports. Sometimes we are bad at that in Christendom period, that people have been commended to go do a work, and we don't hear about the work a lot. Okay, So here in Acts, they came back and reported to the churches the stuff that was going on. Why is that so important? Because they're coming from that church and you want the assembly, you want the people going there to know what the work is that they're supporting. And so like I said, to be quite honest, we're sometimes bad at this. We have no idea what our missionaries are doing or other commended workers are doing. I felt convicted again, even talking about today, like when's the last time I have called Ken Hardesty and just said, hey man, how's it going? Who, who, who are you speaking to? Um, you know, what, what was it like, you know, when you were there for four weeks in the Bahamas? Um, you know, I mean, actually, we did talk about that one. But, um, you know, th- those are some of the things that should be normal dialogue in your local church. Okay, normal dialogue. Like, hey, because we are all behind Ken Hardesty. He's commended from here. We're all behind that work. So if you don't even have a clue what the work is, it's kind of hard to be behind it. And that's where it can get tricky. That's where suddenly it's just elders know what he's doing and everyone else goes, oh yeah, that guy can, I guess we give him money. That is not the biblical pattern. The pattern is that church gets behind that person and figures out what's happening. Because we know it's more than money, right? It's not like, oh, you give him $1,000, he'd be all set. I mean, Ken, he always wants to talk about what's going on, right? (laughs) So... We, we have, you know, there's a relationship there saying, hey, tell me about it. And then maybe you can meet needs of the people he's ministering to. Commendation does not mean, like we said, independence from um, their local church. Okay? They're, again, part of that church. You're just not going to see them on a Sunday sometimes based on what we're doing. Someone put it this way, commendation is not just a way for a local church to say, hey, we appreciate this person's desire to serve God and we want to encourage them in that. Commendation instead is the church's reaction to God's call to a separate, uh, to separate certain uh, men and women unto a work which he has them to do. So there's a difference there. I'm going to say it again. Commendation is a church's reaction to God's call to separate certain men and women to a work which he has them to do. There should be a very clear sense on the part of the church and the part of the individual that God has a work for this person to do. Okay, That's where it comes from.
commendation? Is it only those who preach? No. And sometimes the assemblies kind of give that vibe. Oh, if you want to be a full-time worker, you're a preacher. That's, I mean, who else gets commended? <laughs> well, actually, there's a lot of other things. I was encouraged with that National Workers Conference, um, talking to this one guy, where uh, he's been commended to prison ministry. He spends his whole week in jail, <laughs> that sounds funny, um, doing a discipleship program for the prisons. Okay? So, this whole idea of commendation, don't just think it's for preachers. Okay? There are those who feel led to do camping ministry, and they have been commended from their assembly. We have, uh, you know, Brian's parents were commended by Cheshire, right? I got that right, right? And so that assembly got behind them and said, we think that you have proven yourself, by the way, with youth group and things like that. God's calling you to do a, a, a different work. It would be hard to direct Parkside from Cheshire, Connecticut. <laughs> so they had to move up there and be part of those grounds. And that church got behind them and said, we see that this is God's calling in your life. We're going to support it. There are some that have an administrative ministry. I remember Joe from Cheshire Bible Chapel, who uh, is a commended worker in Ireland right now. And there's a ministry over there. And basically, he's the secretary. He's the secretary of that ministry. There's a need for that. There is a, a need for that. Uh, we've said before, um, you know, some of the missionaries that have talked to me, I mean, just they, they need builders. They need, there's a hundred things. And so don't think that when we said a commended worker, that just means you got to go preach. Okay? If you are using your spiritual gifts, which you should anyway, here at the local assembly, and then God gives you insight on how to do this in a bigger way, no matter what the ministry is, as long as you're using your gifts, then, and the Holy Spirit's working, then this assembly is going to pray about it. There's going to be some time there and say, okay, should we support this so that God's work can go forth in this way? Not all of the people we support financially are commended. All right, I know this is all the practical stuff, but not all the people that we support financially from this chapel are commended. Everyone knows that, right? We have Ken Hardesty. He's our commended worker. We had Tyler. Tyler, he didn't, you know, mess up, but Tyler came off the field and he went to college and that, so we, um, in some ways, that stopped. But there's also missionaries that we support on a regular basis. Um, we were supporting certain institutions. We were supporting Westwood's Christian Academy when it was around. We give money to Steve Herzig for Friends of Israel Ministry. We do these things as an assembly. Steve Herzig is not a commended worker from here. Does it really matter? I just want to show you practically the difference. Steve Herzig doesn't have to report to our elders and say, hey guys, I'm thinking about doing this, what do you think? He does have to report to his elders from the place that commended him. Now we think it's a great work, and we say, hey man, Steve, we want you you know, here speaking, and, and we want to support you financially for this work, but that does not mean he's commended from here. It just means we're supporting a, a great you know, work, and we want to give to that. If you want to be commended from assembly, there is check-ins. And all those things. So again, the reason I say that, I think it's a beautiful pattern in Scripture. Because in some ways, it is easy for other places to go do a work and there's no check-ins. We in the assemblies have to be very careful that our missionaries that were commended from us, that we are checking in with them. 
We talk about this sometimes. There's, there's horror stories sometimes of missionaries never being, you know, elders never even um, seeing uh, what they were doing or um, checking in or any of that. And so we want, uh, you know, that commendation piece is you're part of that fellowship. All right. Turn in your Bibles to first, uh, I'm sorry, first, Philippians. I know there seems to be a lot of uh, practicality. This is the portion I was given for the full-time workers, and so it seemed like the Holy Spirit kind of lined it up again. I want to end with this because this is uh, definitely practical, and uh, hopefully the uh, Lord can do uh, a work here. Is what is the assembly's responsibility to someone who is commended? Okay, so again, this is not like, ooh, the elders got that. This is family body life. And we're coming behind that work. And so what do what is our response to someone who is commended? All right. Well, Paul here. Uh, let me um, start in verse 15. Uh, let's start in verse 14 of chapter 4. I forgot to say the chapter. Philippians 4. In verse 14, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippines, Philippians, I keep saying that. I think I did it at the national conference. Made you proud. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Aphrodite the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma and an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Now, I don't want to confuse this. I'm not saying that this context, Paul was commended by these guys. I don't think he was. But there's an idea of what's the assembly's response if we have someone that the assembly has commended. Remember what that word means. We're entrusting them to the Lord. We're basically putting that person out there saying, we feel like God wants this person to go do this work, and we're entrusting them to the Lord, and we're going to support them in it as well. I don't want to confuse it. Like I said, um, a commended worker does not necessarily have to give up secular employment where they're getting a paycheck, but a lot of times it happens. And so, what is the church's responsibility? And you can take this on a practical level to outside of commendation, but how do we support the Lord's workers? Well, Philippians really challenged me again, um, and even Paul's language, just to see the benefit supporting people, even financially, but more in the work, of the benefit it does for you as the individual going to your local church. Okay, This is not about, oh, we're going to give them money so that it benefits them. That's part of it. But don't miss the idea that when you give your time, resources, and money to the Lord, there's a blessing for you in that. Okay, There's a blessing for you. Some of you give regularly to Branford Bible Chapel. That's great. Some of that money goes to support Ken Hardesty and Joyce. 
So in that, you've got to know that. You've got to know that when you give, no one forced you to do it, that part of your money goes to support someone who has been um, here at this assembly that did a work that the elders said, we're behind you on, and now you're part of that ministry. Feel like you're a part of it. If you don't feel a part of it, sometimes that's because you haven't done anything about it. <laughs> I don't think Ken and Joyce are people that, um, you know, are like, ooh, no one come over. <laughs> so get to know these things. And again, outside of um, commended, I know I'm a little off topic, but we, we've said before, man, get to know the missionaries that we support here so that you're part of it and not just writing a check. Right? So you're a part of the work. But there's three things here I wanted to close before we pray about why we should support workers. Okay, One, there is fruit for the giver. You see there in verse 17 it says, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. The Christian walk is about being Christ-like, who loved me and gave himself for me, emptied himself for me. There is nothing he did not give. And so in our idea of giving back what is already the Lord, sometimes our money, there's fruit in that. I understand on a very practical level, sometimes giving hurts. Giving hurts a lot of times, actually, okay? And there's just, there's growth in the Christian to be able to sit there and say, you know what? God's given me heaven. Uh, God's blessed me. This is going to hurt a little bit, but you know what? If Christ died for me and forgave me of my sins, well, then maybe I can be like him in my sacrificial giving of some money. Okay, so there's fruit that abounds because you're being part of the work. The second part there is that the sacrifice is well-pleasing to the Lord. Where it sits there and it says um, in verse 18, I have all and abound, I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to the Lord. These guys gave Paul financial gifts, but you can also see right here in 18 where it says, having received from him the things sent to you. I don't know what those things were, but it wasn't always money. Maybe he just needed clothes. Maybe he needed whatever he needed. There's times where, um, you know, a, a, a worker, a commended worker, needs something specific for that ministry. And we go, hey, I got this for you. Let me let me be a part of that, okay? But the interesting thing here is that it was a sweet-smelling aroma. This is tied right back to the Old Testament of certain sacrifices that were sweet-smelling aromas. The fact that we as believers can let heaven fill up with a glorious smell that the angels can look down and go, my goodness, do you see what Branford Bible Chapel is doing? They're giving of their time, effort, and maybe even money because they want and have chosen to be part of the work. The thing about the sweet-smelling aromas was always a free will offering. Just like tithing is always a free will offering. I love the fact that God says, you know what? And this is a big paraphrase of James Clifford. You don't have to give me your money unless you want to. I don't need your money. I, hey, I love when you want to freely give it to me. If you don't want to freely give me your money, don't give me your money. You think God needs our money? 
I think he's okay. I think he's okay. So he set it up where he just plainly put out there, I want you to freely give this. And that's a, a part of being a mature believer. Being able to actually be excited when you give the money to someone else. Be like, my goodness, man, like, tell me where that money went. Right? Like, t- t- tell me what happened when you got that, you know, whatever gift it was. How did the Lord use it? How did the Lord use that? Those things encourage us. Those things encourage us. Finally, in turn, I think it's interesting the way God always works is that, and it says in 19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There's so many times, and we know this, right? Where we give unto the Lord, and in turn, our needs are met because we gave. It's a win-win situation in supporting someone who's commended. It's a win-win situation. You get involved and you start to get money, but then it's really cool that those guys come over your house, those women come over your house. They start talking to your kids. They start to influence your family. Your kids get to hear about the work going on in other places. You get blessed by trying to give to the work. That's the way commendation is. When these guys came back from Acts, they came back to Antioch and they reported, guys, there's churches getting planted, there's souls getting saved. By the way, we got beat up a little bit and the saints came around and these guys were, were, were pagans the week before. They got saved. We got beat up. They were there for us. They put us dinner on for us. I wish you guys would go visit us with us. That was probably the conversations going on. I guarantee Antioch was not like, wrote the check. Hey, Paul, great job. There was stories being shared around the church of what God is doing. That's what we want here with commended workers. And again, maybe the Spirit of God is maybe saying to you, maybe I'm going to call you to go out and be a commended worker from Branford Bible Chapel one day. It's not like he... Not about the church. <laughs> this is what he's about. But there is a process. There is being found with faithful in the little. There is us as a church coming along saying, hey, is there anyone we see that might have to go do this work? There is us supporting people financially. So let's get behind it. You're, you're a part of an amazing thing. I'll leave you with this. I know I'm out of time. I just think it was um, so interesting is uh, this word commended. Uh, Turn to Luke chapter 23. In verse 46, And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, or commend. The Lord Jesus, on the cross, while he's dying, put his spirit right out there and said, I'm entrusting my spirit to you, God. He's the ultimate example. (laughs) He is the ultimate example. There is nothing he asks us to do that he has not done. He sat there on the cross and said, God, I'm going to entrust my spirit to you right now. I'm about to die. I'm going to give up my life. And then I'm entrusting that you're going to save. 
I mean, there is so much deep theology there. So much. But our Lord Jesus did it. He entrusted himself to the Father. And so when we have commended workers, it's just, we're just doing that. We're entrusting them to God and saying, man, let's see the work that God wants to do with you. Let's pray. And then we're going to have corporate prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, again, we thank you for your example. Um, Lord, uh, man, would you just bless us and and teach us um, another depth to what really happened on that cross uh, when you said, uh, I commit my spirit to you. Um, We're forever grateful. We're forever grateful. We thank you uh, for your love and your grace. In your name, amen.